Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and anybody who hasn't seen the Avengers movie yet, welcome to another edition of Eat Sleep Podcast. I repeat, ESPR. My name is Dave Taylor. Sean Hood, I think, is at another screening of Avengers Endgame. You know, those movies are really long. So uh, he's not joining us this week. I think he'll know the movie by heart uh, when we come back for next week's episode. It is episode 98 of ESPR. Oh, my gosh. We're uh, getting close to the century mark here. Thanks for finding us on uh, TuneIn or iTunes or Stitcher, uh, one of the various podcast apps. Uh, you can find us online at FM99.com or 1069thefox.com and Facebook or Twitter to search ESPR. 99 and appreciate the emails as well. ESBR at fm99.com. We'll get into some of those later in the show. Thank you for joining us, which, by the way, special treat for you. Kevin Owens is going to be on the show. It's uh, Kevin Owens in uh, 2015. I had a chance to interview him. This is right after SummerSlam where he fought Cesaro. And uh, if you remember, that's a very physical match on that event. And uh, we're going to talk to Kevin, uh, who's kind of new at the WWE. At the time, and uh, just kind of great to hear him. And of course, he's big in the news because he's got the big feud with COVID Kingston going on on SmackDown. And this week's show, we're going to kind of briefly review SmackDown and Raw and look at what's coming up this week on the shows because I think if they, if they hit the panic button on the shows, uh, we'll tell you what's going on with that. First, some news. Dean Ambrose has parted ways with the WWE after uh, giving notice back in January. And on his Twitter page, which you can now find on our Twitter page, is this very dramatic teaser video that uh, Moxley's uh, put together where he's like escaping from prison. He's got some training going on. And one of the most uh, notable features in this video is the fact that uh, there's some barbed wire in this. So I don't know if that uh, means that he's returning to like some hardcore death matches or what. I don't know who he's going to find as an opponent for that. But, uh, yes, uh, John Moxley, uh, as I referred to him as Dean Ambrose, now he's John Moxley. He's uh, he's uh, back in the independent scene. Uh, we'll see if he uh, ends up anywhere. Not in an AEW confirmed at this time. So maybe some independents, uh, maybe CZW? He was there before. So we will uh, see what that happens with uh, John Moxley, who, who rarely posts on Twitter, by the way. And what I love about his account is that he follows nobody. He's got a lot of followers, but he follows Nobody, never been a uh, social media guy. Jeff Hardy recovering from surgery and uh, knee surgery on Thursday. He's going to be out of action for six to nine months because of this injury. And I, I think some of it's been a storyline aided by uh, Lars Solomon attacking the Hardy bro- uh, brothers a couple of weeks ago. The uh, Hardy boys had to relinquish the SmackDown championships in this recent episode of SmackDown, which means that uh, this coming episode, Shane McMahon is going to reveal the uh, new tag team champions on SmackDown. Here's something interesting with what's going on in the WWE, because with the superstar shakeup and everything going on, and with the Hardy Boys out, the uh, tag team scene on on uh, SmackDown, not looking so good right now. Uh, their website has a couple of teams that are uh, put together. They're not really teams, like Shane McMahon and Elias, who could be tag team champions. I could see that. Uh, you know, the New Day, but Big E is out for an injury. Uh, they got Ali and, and Finn Balor, uh, in a picture as well. Of course, you got the heavy machinery, the B team, and Shinsuke and Rusev. So, uh, not a great looking tag team scene right now on SmackDown. Man, a lot has changed in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Leo Rush has some uh, backstage heat. Uh, apparently, he says that uh, you know he doesn't want to carry bags for other stars and help him out and pay his dues. And uh, Chris Jericho kind of said that. Uh, you know, the key statement is if I was a big star at the WWE, you're not 
So no disrespect, but you need the respect and dedication. You need to make it the WWE. I never want to be the young guy carrying my bags, but I was shown respect every day. The disrespect the vets in any way is taboo in our biz. So, uh, yeah, Leo Rush driving, uh, getting some heat backstage. and haven't seen him a lot on TV as of late. So that is uh, your news uh, for this week. Uh, not a lot going on because uh, the panic button has been pressed on Raw and SmackDown. It will uh, go over that in just a moment here on ESPR. Remember to contact the guys at ESPR at FM99.com with all your comments, topics, and thoughts. But please, keep the fan fiction to yourselves. You can also follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Just search ESPR99. And we're back and looking at uh, this last uh, week's uh, SmackDown and Raw episodes. Uh, Raw and SmackDown had some uh, pretty low viewership. In fact, this was the lowest Raw episode that was a non-holiday episode. Not a good sign of things that are uh, going on right now. Now, in the uh, recent show, uh, here's some of the things that uh, took place. Of course, uh, the bizarre thing, by the way, with, uh, the, the revival really shaming each other's backs. Okay, um, but we now know the uh, lineup for the uh, men and women's of Money in the Bank matches. Uh, Braun Strowman and Ricochet teaming up. Uh, the Usos defeating Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, which is uh, really no surprise there. Uh, Bobby Lashley de- defeating The Miz. The Viking Raiders uh, crushing the Lucia House Party. And uh, Bray Wyatt with another bit as well. Naomi defeating Alexa Bliss. Uh, Hawkins and Ryder defeating The Revival. And then Sami Zayn uh, cutting a very bizarre promo. And then Seth Rollins, J.J. Styles signing their contract. I, I kind of love the physical part of AJ Styles uh, a little bit, you know, not really taking a backseat to Seth Rollins. I still kind of wish that they held off in this match for a little while. I mean, I think it's going to be a great match, but I, I kind of wish that it was more down the road, uh, more down the road because I can see that, uh, you know, Seth Rollins should win that match. I'm looking for a, a very fun match with that, but uh, a pretty, I mean, yeah, Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans brawling, but there wasn't a whole lot of must-see on the show, which means that uh, I think, you know, are, they, are they panicking for next week? Because Roman Reigns said, oh, he's going to show up on Raw. And then uh, WWE uh, releases tweets saying, well, you know, uh, officials have uh, denied his uh, appearance uh, uh, request for Raw because he's got obligation to the SmackDown. He's not appearing on the show. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if uh, anything gets that uh, handled. But uh, then he uh, tweeted again, that's like, just have my music ready. And then the WWE responded, pure WWE officials. Roman Reigns will not appear on Monday. So we will see what happens. They've been uh, trying to push that, but uh, it's just a, a digital story. Anything to get some buzz for Monday Night Raw. Because apparently it's not there right now. No Brock, no Ronda, no viewers. Not a good sign. I mean, you do got Becky going on, uh, the feud with Lacey Evans. Uh, but the tag team scene, all the tag teams, eh, not looking great right now. So uh, we will see what happens on Monday. And then Tuesday, we're going to find out who the new SmackDown champions are. Uh, we'll see uh, as well if there's any more repercussions for Roman Reigns. If he shows up on Raw, are they going to do anything on SmackDown? Also, we got a big six-woman tag match on the show as well. And also, uh, Ali and Andrade, the square off. So the six-woman uh, match, by the way, you got uh, Ember Moon, Bailey, Carmella taking on Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, and Charlotte Flair. That's what we have. And I'm assuming we'll probably get more with the uh, tag team champions, the women's tag team champions, uh, maybe with the uh, the Iconics and maybe something with uh, with Asuka and Kiari Sane. Did Bailey really need to fight Becky in the most recent episode of SmackDown? Is that something they should have saved for a pay-per-view? Because you kind of take out 
any drama on that? Or, you know, is Bailey going to win money in the bank? And then, you know, she can cash in. She does kind of have that little bit of a sign of like a heel thing going on, which I do like. But after two back-to-back losses, what do they got for? And also, where the heck is Liv Morgan? Superstar shakeup happened. She goes to SmackDown. I haven't seen her. Did I miss something? So there you have it. What's going on for the shows this week? Are, are they really going to push the panic button and have Roman Reigns show up on Monday to defy the McMahons? That, that seems to be the case of what is going on because they're really pushing that on social media. And then on SmackDown with the new tag team champion. It's an interesting lineup of shows there. It's just uh, we'll see what happens as you're getting closer to Money in the Bank, which next week will be the Money in the Bank preview preview. Got great emails coming up in just a moment. We'll check out our mailbox, and then we got that interview with Kevin Owens coming up here at ESPR. Miss an episode of ESPR? Find previous episodes and interviews with WWE superstars like Seth Rollins. Do you miss doing the curb stop? I love that move. Oh, yeah, we all did. (laughs) (laughs) The Miz. Well, it is the most must-see podcast of all time, isn't it? Yes. It's the best one. It's the most must-see. It's awesome. It's, what is it, eat, sleep, repeat, uh, eat, sleep, something, eat, another thing? Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? It's amazing. Just search ESPR on all your major podcast apps. And we're back. Uh, by the way, what I didn't mention, and I should point out, uh, NXT, good show this week. Check that out. They got their things going on. And checking out some emails. Uh, Josh, uh, not a big fan of the Forgotten Sons gimmick, but... Uh, uh, you know, with, with Josh, let's see where it goes. Let's give this time. Yes, uh, Riker could be could be a monster, but uh, you got to build these guys up one way or another. We will see what happens. Also, uh, Kushida. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. Uh, yes, he will probably end up at 205 because uh, right now, uh, you know, they lost a couple of guys with that, uh, but it'd be great for them to kind of get some uh, bigger names in that. Also, Kevin writes in, which by the way, uh, wherever you listen. Please uh, let us know where you're listening from. As uh, Kevin listens in New York, and he says he loves the show. And uh, yeah, we had an issue uh, before with uh, uh, tuning out, uh, posting our episodes. But uh, Kevin, I appreciate you tuning in. And uh, for whatever reason, if you can't find us uh, one channel or another, you know we were on. Uh, you know we're, we are on uh, SoundCloud. I also get us on the websites fm99.com or 1069thefox. Dot com. So we appreciate the emails, and uh, of course, uh, let us know next week as we get closer to Money in the Bank what some of your thoughts are on that. All right, before we wrap up the show, we'll go back to the vault 2015. It's hard to believe Kevin Owens has been in the WWE for a long time now. And I had a chance to talk to him right after SummerSlam when he fought Cesaro in a very physical match. A lot of insight on Kevin because he was still kind of fresh in the WWE at this time. So let's uh, go to the vault and check out the interview with Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to talk to you. And Kevin, uh, how, how does it feel? I mean, you've been in the in the, the Independence a short time in NXT, and now you're a superstar. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It feels pretty great. Uh, I've gone through everything so quickly. Uh, you know, it took me 15 years to get here in the first place. So for things to have uh, evolved so quickly, uh, you know, from the moment I got to NXT to now. You know, it's a great feeling. Obviously, I've always wanted to be on Raw, SmackDown. I've always wanted to be on this stage, uh, you know, ever since I was 11 years old. So, uh, you know, it's pretty cool to see it all happening right now. And, and, and watching you wrestle, um, I mean, I, I've referred to your name, I'll, I'll be honest, uh, throughout the years, but I never had a chance to see you wrestle. And then watch you come in in your first couple of matches with John Cena. 
you, you've made, and this is not a knock against John Cena because he's amazing, but you've, you've made, you got more out of him than a lot of guys do. And your matches were so highly entertaining. But, but to get that out of John and, and just, you know, and watch your match with uh, Cesaro at SummerSlam. And, um, you know, which is a very physical match, which, you know, makes me happy. I've never tried to wrestle because, man, <laughs> your, your, your style of wrestling is, uh, you know, I know I'm kissing up here. Sorry to do that at the beginning, but, uh, but That's just, all good. but, but very, but very imp- impressive. How does it feel, uh, the fans? Cause I know the independent fans and, and Ring of Honor and everything that you were a part of years before that. Is, is it, is it, you know, is it greater? Cause, you know, the audiences are bigger. I mean, of course, it's a WWE where every superstar wants to be. Did you ever think you would get to this moment? I really did. I think I had a lot of faith in myself. I always had, you know, it might sound a bit arrogant, but I kind of had, you know, uh, I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine, actually Sami Zayn, who, you know, uh, him, him and I have, you know, gone back and forth in NXT. Uh, I had a conversation with him, I want to say at this point, 12 years ago, maybe 10 years ago at least. And uh, I was telling him how, to me, being in WWE wasn't, not only was it a dream, but it was a goal. And to me, there's a distinction between having a dream and having a goal, you know? Uh, to me, the goal is I'm going to, this is going to happen. A dream is something where, oh, you know, this would be nice if it could happen. But to me, it was a goal. And I always worked towards it in that, in that way with that uh, frame of mind. So I, I kind of always thought that this would happen for me. And, you know, here I am. <clears throat> You know, for for a lot of guys that come through NXT, and and, and maybe because you've been you've been doing it longer, it's um it's sometimes like they're there for like a longer time. I know guys like Tyler Breeze and a few other guys have been there for a while. And well, Sammy I know has been injured, but like you were there. I think you came out of the scene like November of last year. I know you signed in August, but uh, but you were there. I guess a relatively short time. I mean, how how did they know that you were ready? How did you know you were ready? I mean, I don't know how they knew or who made the call. Uh, obviously, it had something to do with Vince McMahon because he runs the show, you know, but I feel like, um, you know, NXT was very valuable in terms of getting you ready for the television product and the television aspect of Raw and SmackDown because on the independent scene and even with Ring of Honor who had, you know, a bit of, uh, you know, who was on television uh, on a much smaller scale, there was no emphasis on production and, and you know, uh, wrestling for TV, if you will. But NXT, uh, Triple H built NXT in such a way that it's really just a smaller version of Raw. So when you're in NXT, every day you're getting ready for the moment you'll 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 show up on Raw. So I feel like, you know, I, I was in NXT for six months, and I feel like whoever made the call to have me come to Raw saw that I was ready. And, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years, so as far as my in-ring uh, abilities were concerned, I, you know, I think they already knew that I was ready. It was just maybe a bit more seasoning in terms of how to wrestle for television, but I think I picked that up pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, I, I feel it was also more of a matter of, you know, John Cena needs somebody uh, to, to, to wrestle that'll be interesting and fresh. And we have, you know, we have this guy in NXT that people want to see, uh, you know, and it just, it just kind of worked out. And it worked out. I mean, to come out of the scene of the WWE and, and you know, be a name that people know and, and recognize, and then your first match with the John Cena is, you know, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> it's a great. No, it's not a bad way to kick things off. Yeah. <laughs> the in NXT, uh, if, if you could describe the the process in a short manner, I know. That, I mean, there's a, there's a training and there's a wrestling. Is it almost like there's like classrooms for like cutting promos? Is you know, is it yeah, kind of like uh, you know, did not break so- the fourth wall? 
We have, uh, you know, there's a, I mean, uh, you know, Triple H is always very open about how the performance center works. Uh, it, it, there's a there's a room that everybody calls the mirror, uh, where you cut promos, and uh, the reason it's called the mirror is because, you know, anybody who uh, you ask, you know, any old-time wrestler who you ask, how do I get better promos, they'll say, you know, cut them in the mirror, do it in front of a mirror. So they call that room the mirror, and it's basically, it's a room, uh, it's a soundproof room that you can go into, and there's an iPad there. You enter your code, and it records everything you do in that room, and it sends it to a computer. And then you can go enter your code in the computer, and you can watch it back. And, you know, if you want a coach to look at it and give you feedback, you can tell them, hey, I just did something in America, and go check it out. They have access to it. It's, uh, you know, and it, that's not the only there's – a, there's a room where everybody sits down and watches uh, – it's called, uh, you know, Skull Session because – it's a coach watching wrestling with you, telling you, uh, you know, explaining everything that's happening and telling you why this works, why this doesn't work, why did, why do this, why not to do that. So, uh, you know, there is more than what happens in the ring, absolutely. And, you know, it's just a matter of uh, when Triple H built that place, he wanted to give uh, the guys and girls in there every resource possible to get as good as they could, and he definitely did that. You've worked with him a bit. Uh, was he uh, late uh, Dusty Rhodes? How much of an influence mm-hmm. was he on you? Yeah, Dusty, uh, I, I was only in NXT for 10 months, so I only got to know Dusty for 10 months. But in those 10 months, he made more of an impression on me than anybody I've ever encountered in wrestling. And, um, you know, I, got, I, I, I think I got pretty close with him. You know, the highlight of my day was going to sit in Dusty's office and talking about wrestling with him, you know. Um, he was just, uh, he was, uh, he was unlike anybody else I've ever met, you know, and he cared about every single person in that performance center, which was, you know, it didn't matter if it was somebody who had been there for a week and had never wrestled before, or if it was somebody that like me who had been through it for 15 years and, you know, was just trying to make it to the big stage. Finally, he, he took a personal interest in everybody's story and in everybody's development and, uh, you know, his, his uh, input and his advice was invaluable. And he's, uh, I mean, I, I haven't been back to the performance center since he passed because honestly, like, I, uh, I kind of don't think like it wouldn't be the same without him, but I know that everybody there misses him a lot. I miss him a lot. Everyone does, you know, he was, uh, he's a great guy. Yeah, he, he definitely was a legend. And I remember one of his, it might have been one of those, the, uh, something on the WWE Network when he's talking about doing promos. And he's like, you know, it's always got to be about you know, where the money is. You know, talking to, you know, where when you're cutting promos, it's all about, you know, the business and, you know, making money and selling up, you know, selling the next thing that's coming up. And, you know, not just going out there and talking and stuff. A very valuable guy in the business. When you were growing, when you were growing up, who did you like to watch? I was a big Stone Cold Steve Austin fan. Probably, I like to say that at one point, as cliche as it sounds, I was the biggest Stone Cold Steve Austin fan in the world. Uh, you know, my room was plastered, uh, you know, floor to ceiling with Stone Cold Steve Austin posters. Uh, I was a big fan of Shawn Michaels as well. Shawn Michaels is actually the reason I ever wanted to become a wrestler in the first place. I saw uh, one of his matches at WrestleMania 11, and it sold me on this is what I want to do. Uh, I was 11 years old at the time, and it never changed, you know? Uh, so... Those two guys in particular, and I was also a big fan of uh, Steve Carino, uh, who was in ECW and who I, you know, I ended up becoming close friends with uh, throughout the years, you know, in the independence. Those were probably my three favorite wrestlers of all time. What is the meaning behind Fight Owens Fight? Um, I mean, it's just, I, 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 I feel like that describes me very well, you know, whether it's in the ring or even outside of the ring, just, you know, 
you got to fight for, you know, everything you have in life, you know, and it's also, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean physical fight. I, you know, I, I feel like it's something that anybody can relate to, you know, life's not easy. It just isn't. And, you know, if I hadn't, if I hadn't fought, you know, for 15 years to get here, I wouldn't have gotten here. You know, it wasn't an easy road, and I've had a lot of people tell me that I wouldn't get here. But I fought to prove all these people wrong. In a way, it's it's a weirdly, I don't know, I guess it's weirdly inspirational, but, uh, you know, it works in and out of the ring for me. Uh, and it's just something that I feel uh, just really describes who I am. Well, you've, you've done a great job with it so far, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, what's going to happen down the road with you. And uh, who do you want to wrestle at WrestleMania next year? I, I, I know we're what, nine months away, but, you know, if you could, like, pencil a name on there, who would you like to fight? I, I mean, I, I just want to be on WrestleMania, but, uh, you know, I'd love to get in there with Brock Lesnar. I don't know if that's realistic, considering WrestleMania is, you know, WrestleMania, but if I could get in there with anybody from, I don't know, Sami Zayn, Finn Balor, Dolph Ziggler, Chris Jericho, anybody, you know what I mean? Like, I'd be happy uh, to be in there with anybody, and I think we could do something very special, so... uh I just want to be on WrestleMania. And thank you for uh, coming in and uh, shaking things up because you definitely did that in the WWE. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Good luck this week. Take care. Right, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Man, some some great memories talking to Kevin Owens. I'm glad that things have worked out so well for him. I love what he's got going on right now with his feud with Kofi Kingston. Was it too soon on that? I don't know. But uh, you got to build up for a pay-per-view, and they had nobody else for Kofi to fight. So looking forward to that coming up at Money in the Bank. So tune in next week to another episode of ESPR, episode 99. Big things may be happening in the upcoming episode. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Dave Taylor, Eat Sleep Podcast, and repeat. <laughs>